Hello and welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather. Political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we also have back again uh, Rob at Nervous. How you doing, Rob? Hey guys. Uh, so uh, Biden has obviously stolen the election. Um, I voted for Hillary multiple times in multiple yep. states. Uh, <laughs> I coordinated with my operatives across the country to ensure that both uh, Trump and Biden votes were thrown into the crick out back. Uh, and uh, yet um, we don't have a Madam President. So um, I, um, I'm seeing some, some perhaps some wrongdoing on uh, behalf of the Democrats here. Is there a big crick out back of every single polling station in America? Is there that absolutely kind of, is. Yeah, because I, I don't know much about America. I've only been there a couple of times, and mainly only the big cities. Um, but maybe they've got. Have they got like? Have they got like crick allotment inside the city? So like in the middle of Manhattan, if there is a polling station, do they have like a little mini crick? Well, if you review the Bill of Rights, it's yeah. <laughs> actually quite clear that uh, a, a crick for every American. <laughs> It's either a crick or a swimming hole. <laughs> the old watering hole. Right, thanks for having me back, boys. That's right. <laughs> no problems. We promised, we did pledge to listen to American voices, you know, just shut up and listen. <laughs> and we're being kind of conscientious and, you know, yeah. Well, at least somebody is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is now, uh, let's see, today's Wednesday. So we're a week out yeah. from the uh, general presidential election in Still going the on. US. There's recounts. Another There's recount not, announced. Biden has generally been proclaimed the winner. No, by the press. Been... And well, as Rudy Giuliani said, said, that's not real. And as that weird preacher man laughed and scared me and looked like he was about to start eating people. Um, <laughs> that was like a scene from Berserk. That was fucking horrifying. Yeah. It was proper scary. That, that just, yeah. Oh. But um, yeah, so don't, I can't remember. Oh, should. I am so out of it at the moment, just staring too much at numbers. But there was a, one of the states is recounting, even though Biden won by like 14,000. Oh, Georgia. That's it. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah so, there's like there's somebody in California. There was a, a Republican candidate in California who like, I, I think he got something like 25% of the vote and he's demanding a recount. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, because... Was it in? It was in twenty seventeen, I think, when um, Amber Rudd was demanding recount after recount after recount. I remember, yeah. And like, yeah, it was about the, five. five just... It was about five recounts in Hastings, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was like, but then it was like there was very few votes in it, and it's really, it's it's really unsettling whenever they do a recount and then come back with diff. When it comes back with different numbers like that, it's like, oh, this is just like it's no one can no one count. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 according to the uh, 2020 rule of time dilation, um, Biden's actually been president for about six years at this point. <laughs> and it's just everything, everything fucking takes so long. We'll see if he becomes president. Um, <laughs> well, you saw like, Trump Trump appointing all like more of his friends to oppositions in the Pentagon, including a guy who wanted the last head of the CIA hanged in public. <laughs> What, me? I did not receive any letter <laughs> appointing me to anything in Trump's cabinet. I don't even think I'm eligible. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's very weird because like, okay, like my basic perception of what has gone on in the last week was in the sh- immediate short term, it felt like, oh God, Biden's fucked this. This is gonna be really close. 
then as it got kind of further and further along, it got more and more kind of close to the wire and intense until about Sunday, I think it was, when he he finally had was deemed by a number of Associated Press outlets to have won uh, Philadelphia, which is what he had to uh, sorry Pennsylvania, which is what he had to had to win. And then it was a couple of days of like, oh yeah, President-elect Biden. And then slowly over the last couple of days, um, Trump has kind of come back because for a while there, he, he it almost seemed like he was putting up some kind of fight for appearances, but it never really felt like it had any teeth. There were a lot of like Republican Party people kind of turning on him and saying, well, we need an orderly transition of power, all that. And it really felt like he hadn't coordinated any of his objections, like he was just firing off at random. Now it's exploding while he's on the toilet. (laughs) Yeah. Like it felt it felt it feels like he started talking about fraud like two years ago. Oh yeah. So and it and it feels like about fraud when he won in twenty sixteen. Yeah. And it feels like he'd laid that groundwork so thick so early and then got people worked up. And it's like, it became a background noise to the normal kind of operation of what was, what was going on. He went to DEFCON one, three days out, like two days out, like a day after the poll closed. And then three days on, it's like, he's saying the same things. There's no heightening. There's nowhere else he can go. But um, yeah, it was all, it was all spread very, very thin. Yeah. He started it too early. I think the complaining about, how the Democrats were going to steal the election. It was a bit like, if you're trying to skive off school, you don't start telling your parents that you're sick, like on Sunday morning, because they know what you're doing, and they're going yeah. to be on to you. And he sort of did that. Um, and yeah, didn't have anywhere else to go. But the, um, the Republicans are, are on his side now, aren't they? They are getting on side, and that's more that's more what's getting worrying. With like, you yeah. know, we see um, the the clip that that. We were looking at what last night with Secretary of State Pompeo mm. uh, saying that like the transition, the smooth transition towards the second term of the presidency. <laughs> uh, and um, now, you know, there's uh, folks like Lindsey Graham and, and Mitch McConnell who have uh, um, who are no longer uh, congratulating President-elect Biden and are uh, <laughs> like refusing to comment on it at all. Uh, and we're seeing uh, uh, Fox is uh, Fox News, who previously um, was, you know, kind of against uh against trump and saying that like all right it's time to just bow out gracefully uh they've been platforming a lot of uh like very extreme QAnon voices nice. um i think we were we were talking about a little bit just in the group chat before recording um that they're having um they're having a bunch of freaks on talking about like the rogue democratic supercomputer hammer uh, which is um, uh, a, uh, a theory put forth by this guy who claims to be like a CIA agent who developed Hammer but just couldn't take it anymore. Um, what's this guy's name? Does Hammer? Uh, let me is, look this up quickly. Is, is Hammer an acronym? Hammer? Uh, it might as well be um, this guy, uh, Dennis L. Montgomery. He claims to be an ex-CIA whistleblower. Okay. Um, and actually. Um, he is a con man nice. uh, who uh, managed to defraud the CIA out of millions of dollars Very uh, nice. for saying that he was developing a Theranos-esque uh, terrorist <laughs> exposing software that could, you know, like just identify terrorists just by scanning them. And also, it, was it, it just it, a color it, wheel when it said if people had a tan? <laughs> I don't even think it was. He's saying that like it could decode. Um, news reports from Al Jazeera to reveal that it's actually Al Qaeda, um, and yeah, so he, did, he managed <laughs> so he to move the letters the around out of millions, and then just sort of ran away. And now he's back, <laughs> saying that like I'm the expert because I worked on all this stuff. It's, it's really amazing. What does Hammer do? 
Apparently, Hammer, uh, it is a it's a rogue AI, much like um, like the Metal Gear Solid's The Patriots. Yeah. Uh, that or Cortana. Will, um, it, Shodan. Yeah, it, yeah. it will, yeah. yeah, like Shodan. It yeah. will, yeah. Um, it will speak to you in a sultry voice, mm-hmm. uh, and it will uh, magically flip over <laughs> uh, Trump votes to be Biden votes. <laughs> Look at you, Trump, uh, running, through um, my, uh, running through my apparently the, uh, Hammer Hammer has existed for many, many years, and uh, B- uh, Barack Obama never actually won an election. Uh, it was Hammer every time. Oh wow! So yeah, so now we know. Uh. So did they just suspend it for four years? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was. <laughs> they, 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 just un, they just unplugged it, and nobody. Well, no, they turned this they, they turned it on in 2016 at the election time, but they hadn't turned it on for a while, and it had to do updates. And so, by the time <laughs> it had finished updating, it was too late. It happens to me all the time when I forget to update my computer that I have to edit a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I imagine that a, a rogue supercomputer works very similarly. So yeah, we've got the, we've got Hammer running around, uh, flipping uh, tr- Trump votes to Biden. I just like the idea it's a supercomputer, but what it all comes down to is a robotic arm that keeps on throwing sacks of votes into the crick. <laughs> or like uh or like a uh, like an arm on a jukebox that's like turning the record over but it's turning the vote over. <laughs> just crudely scratches I, out Trump. I knew when Wurlitzer vote machine. I knew we shouldn't have had those double sided votes. <laughs> <laughs> Just one side for Trump, one side for Biden. <laughs> Make sure you put it in the right way up. Yeah. If it lands on its edge, that's for Joe Jorgensen. <laughs> At this point, like, why not? Why not believe that? Because, like, that's, you know, worked. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, you get, to, you get to a certain point, and obviously Republicans were looking at their own races. Because, of course, their own race, if the uh, election is illegitimate, presumably their own races would have to be rerun, right? No. <laughs> no, it was just really? one tiny bit of the ballot papers are illegitimate. The rest of the ballot papers are fine. <laughs> we've come we've come a long way from hanging chads, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, I miss hanging chads. <laughs> They've started to pull it together though, and like the I Something's think yeah, growing, this, is, yeah. this is the point where the whole cons- like co- coordinated conservative movement, as much as it is, starts to realise that Trumpism isn't a thing. And Trump himself is actually all of Trumpism. Because, like, as a lot of people have been trying to say, oh, it's Trumpism without Trump, they'll put forward a, a right, right-wing populist, whatever that means. Uh, they can't do it at least not yet. They can't do but it yet. They can't put someone like him. There is no one else like him. Well, the rumors... Weirdest no- man who ever weirded. <laughs> yeah. All the rumors are that, like, all this money that he's... Um, raising now for like he started a new super pack i think a super i don't know if it's a super pack or a normal pack or are they all the same i don't know but anyway he's I raising think a super pack yeah so it, i think it's a super he's pack. raising money at the moment for us for a thing called the save america fund mm-hmm. and the rumor is that if he does concede it will be literally say like say he concedes right now then in mm. the same speech he will be announcing that he's going to be running in 2024 and start doing acting essentially like an anti-president, which I really like. Yeah, as a concept, too. as a concept, in reality, it will lead to a lot of pain and suffering. But for them to, for him to declare himself, have him back as the candidate in 2024. I imagine that they'd I don't, be right I, on I, that. I think he'd be. I think he'd announce himself. For I don't think he really cares. <laughs> um, I think they'd have to be careful with him because if he ran without them, he'd steal enough votes. 
Yeah. Some of these people yeah, they, think they, he's they a god king. Back. That's the thing. Mm. I mean, he doesn't seem to, you know, we've we've always had this kind of theory about Trump that he never actually wanted to be president, that yeah. he became president by accident. And mm. there's been a few various quotes uh, floating around like the, um, oh, can I drive one of these trucks? I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like, um, oh, uh, if I could just drive one of these trucks, can I drive them away? Because oh, my, yeah. my life used to be great. My life used to be great. Yeah, that's complete. Or, that's all completely true, but... I'm, he like, can't you know, be. He can't be a loser as well. He yeah, can't. exactly. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. You know, also, he's like he's that like such a spoiled brat in so many ways. Like, I bet, like, he loves McDonald's. I bet you he doesn't like a fillet of fish. But if someone else was eating a fillet of fish, you know, he'd want that thing. <laughs> and losing to Biden is essentially seeing someone eat a fillet of fish that you have no interest in. Like, if, if you want to go back to like the the child analogy. Uh, of of you know like being sick on a on on a Sunday night it'd be like um, if he um, if he can't finish his like he's like a child who's like he can't finish his fries and then his mom's like oh here I'll eat them for you he's like no. <laughs> <laughs> just forcing cold McDonald's chips into his mouth <laughs> and that's what the presidency is to him now uh, pretty much yeah. yeah I think that's an apt analogy. Yeah. Like there was that there was that kind of like fatalistic thing all the way through the campaign as well because like look I know obviously that whole will to win thing was more it it felt a bit more evident in Trump than it did in in Biden who still had that kind of like coasting to victory thing yeah. of like not not disturbing the fragile coalition he was trying to make with like suburban conservatives to like thing. But like Trump did also call, like, did also set up his campaign and call it the Death Star, which, <laughs> although it sounds badass, is also the most famous fictional thing blown up in pop culture of all time after, like, the Twin Towers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the most famous thing that you blow up. Yeah. That dies. So, I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm glad a, that you finally weird. acknowledged that jet, that jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams on, on your podcast, Adam. Yeah. It does not. <laughs> All I'm saying Those is I've, I've never actually seen footage of the Twin Towers coming down, so until I see footage, I'm not going to believe it ever actually happened. It didn't actually come down, it just fell into the creek. <laughs> Damn you, they Hammer! Left the, they, left it into the, they left it in the car park, and it just all slid in. They never had a chance. Damn Cheney! It does feel a little bit kind of um, on the edge at the moment, in a way that it hadn't done in a couple of days. That's basically been the two... The two polls have been fairly like assured that Biden's going to win and then that kind of um precariousness around it all that you know Trump would really stick it out and of course the the danger isn't really that uh I, I don't think the danger is necessarily that Trump wins or, or Biden loses or anything like that the, the kind of my main thing was like oh god he's going to unleash like proper fry corpse militia yeah um not necessarily again not like really coordinated but just with this very strange quasi-religious um, thing that people have around the body of Trump himself. Yeah. You know? Um, it, it's very, very possible that, like, you couldn't, you could definitely be, like, this wouldn't just be a spoiler. This would be, like, unraveling the entire legitimacy of of that process, you know, of, of a democratic process. Not Not necessarily in the way that, like, would benefit the left either. Like, that would benefit people who understand like that cons the conservative nature and the kind of reactionary nature of that kind of liberal mm. liberal democracy you know like the way that they're the way that both sides to be honest are kind of 
pushing to have this validated is kind of in a way that excludes people from those democratic processes. So like yeah. MAGA people are like, there are clearly illegals because by definition, any vote for Biden is an illegal vote. Yeah. And then you've got liberals saying, well, if we win this, we have to make sure that those people don't ever get a vote again while letting in the kind of top levels of the conservative, uh, of like, the top levels of the right wing back into the Biden yeah. uh, the Biden presidency. So... <laughs> Things aren't looking rosy, <laughs> no matter yeah. what. I mean, like, like I, I think we can all like celebrate a Trump loss. I mean, well, actually, I don't want to speak too soon since um, everything's uh, uh, kind of up in the air at the moment. Um, but um, I, I think things are are looking as bleak as ever uh, in the the um, prospect of a Biden presidency and uh, what that type of what that cabinet is going to look like. Well, I saw yeah. um, I saw a thing. It's um because the thing is, yeah, Biden has won. And all the numbers show that he's won. Yes. There's yeah. um the thing I saw was um on Facebook where they they've stopped political ads um during, for the election now because while outlets are calling victory for both sides, it just need like they're like so we're gonna calm this all down because no one knows who's won yet, and it's like oh Facebook you're the last ones the last ones still holding out <laughs> because if all those MAGA grandmothers come off Facebook. <laughs> I find it I find it especially weird, like all of the early reports, I mean obviously there aren't final figures yet, but all of the early reports are about kind of how high the turnout was comparatively. Mm. Mm. Um Yeah, I think uh, highest since what, nineteen ten, they're saying. Um But of course I, I mean the, the 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 population is several magnitudes greater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, I've got like a couple of um stats here. So it was about 150 million Americans of voting age will have cast their ballots. Yeah. Um given that there are about 239 eligible to vote, that means there's about a 62% turnout, which is better than 2016 at 59% and uh, on current readings is the best turnout definitely since, since 1960. Um okay. 37% Yeah, I think if you scale it, that's that's Yeah. yeah. Like 37% of Americans entitled to vote did not do so, uh, which compares with 31% who voted for Biden and 29% who voted for Trump. So as with most uh, general elections, presidential elections, um, no party, no vote, uh, won the national yeah. vote, won the highest vote. The vote was majority over 60s. Um, it was yeah. the only people who were excited to vote for either Biden or Trump. The <laughs> Um, the youth, yeah. So, yeah. So, the youth vote. Um, everyone under twenty nine years voted sixty one thirty six for Biden, but that's just thirteen percent of the total vote. Thirty to forty four years, which is twenty three percent of the vote, backed Biden fifty four forty three. Forty five to sixty four, which was thirty six percent of the vote. Hmm. A third, you know, a third of the voting pop yeah. of the actually voting population that went narrowly for Trump at fifty one forty eight, and over sixty five years, Brexit. which is. 27% of voters narrowly yes. voted for Trump again 51-48. So that's like 63% of everyone who voted was older than 44. Well those divides are, that's closer than it is here. Like you know yeah. for between like Labour and Tories like here it's 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 insane like when you get up to like the oldest age bracket how few vote Labour. Yeah. But also like with young people how few vote Tory. <laughs> Um, I mean, this was basically Republicans versus Republicans mm -hmm. again. Mm. Yeah, there is that. 
Yeah. I mean, there was also a lot made of um, Trump increasing his vote among um, people of colour and women. Yeah, but that's because um, like he had like two black people last time, but now he had three. <laughs> that's like the the like the numbers he, were he so actually, small. He did incredibly well with um with the wealthy uh, minority yeah. Uh, yeah. vote. Yes. So well, yeah. Just before, I mean, but obviously, I mean, of just he's going to the... do best with wealthy people. That's yeah, going to exactly. transcend demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Just before the election, there was a a kind of a very well coordinated rollout of his. Was it a contract with Black America? Oh, the platinum plan with Ice Cube. <laughs> yeah, with like Ice Cube and and Lil, and Lil Wayne and I, I briefly looked through. I briefly looked through it a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know what he I thinks. Determine what it is. Well, I mean, there's there's like a website with it, and there's there's like some some things, but it's generally, I mean, it's Black Lives Matter. Like it's it's okay. Might on be on the liberal end in that it doesn't. I don't think it specifically talks about um, defunding the police. It talks about police reform, but it's like. Anyone who thinks that that kind of appeals to like Trump, basic Trump, yeah, kind of thing is just no. That's that's not true. And I mean, it actually it shows in his like Trump's eventual kind of um, uh, polling uh, among like Black Americans, Hispanics, and Asians. He they constituted only eleven percent of those Black Americans constituted only eleven percent of those voting, but they backed Biden ninety to eight. Wow. <laughs> um, Hispanic votes were only 10% of the total, but they backed Biden 63-35. Asian voters were only 2% of the vote, but backed Biden 70-28. And he only really increased his support among black men and black women by like a few percentage points. Mm. So that whole that whole thing kind of, I think, ended up being overblown. Yeah. But I mean, as for that, I'm not going to sit here and read out stats, but like the, the rest of it is exactly who you thought was going to narrowly back Trump. It's high school leavers, people with some qualifications, college graduates and postgraduate voters backing Biden. Although, again, not by that huge an amount, not enough to make it a coalition that Biden can necessarily rely on every single time. Yeah. You know, it's only in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, it's properly a, like the thing that won, won it for Biden. That coalition isn't going to be there unless Trump runs against them again. Yeah. The thing that won it for Biden is probably, you know, COVID, you know? Um, I don't know. It's like, it's like... I mean, a lot of people, they're like, oh, you know, my 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 guy, my Trump, my Republican Party, whatever, even though people are dying, but um, I don't know. Well, it's, I don't know. I yeah. mean, the, if, the COVID does, does make a difference because of the fact that it led people to... Um, Postal voting. There was a yeah. massive increase. One of the things, yeah, one of the things I'd, I'd say that's def that's a definite thing that changed it is, I imagine like the high voter turnout. It would. It w- I, I imagine it wouldn't have been as high if um if there hadn't been as many postal votes. Like I can't imagine that many people being excited to queue up. Biden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, voter suppression um of the past fifty, sixty years has mainly been both has mainly been initially on the actual ballot rolls yeah um i think there's about 20 million people who are just struck off the ballot rolls at each election for either felonies or or other other or, various reasons or names similar you've to got gerrymandering um yeah. yeah you've got that kind of gerrymandering but like a lot of the other stuff is kind of passive vote suppression which is you don't cite a, a ballot office in close to where people are living yeah, yeah you close you them know? you close them down 
which we saw a lot of in in uh, in Texas and other parts of the South. This election, a lot of ballot offices were were uh, closed down. Um, I think that like that always happens, but I I remember hearing it was uh, pretty disproportionately happening in 2018 in the midterms, uh, and hearing that it was happening quite a bit in the um, in the uh, Southwest uh, Southwest uh, states this year as well. Yeah, it's mm. it's always shocking to me. Like whenever it's like I always forget about the American electoral system. Like it's crazy, it's, and it's it's funny because the British one is shit. Like it's terrible, but it's so much better than this. And it's, it's like, like even with I've even never with seen a huge college. queue for voting here. I've never seen a huge queue for voting here because there's 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 enough poll. Like even when they move them about a bit, like I don't know where like. Where, where I live, there's pol- there's two there's two different polling stations depending on which bit of Wolfham's like this bit of Wolfham's that you live in, and they're within like ten minutes walk of each other. There's never any yeah, queues. There's, there, there's one on our doorstep that like yeah. you know I, I I can't vote, but like when when Justina goes to vote, I'll I'll walk down there with her before I go to work in the morning just because it's like literally on the doorstep. Um, and then you know like they're. They're all over the place. Like for a while, I even worked in a place that was a designated polling station. Yeah. Uh, every election, so they they are absolutely everywhere. Yeah, and then like you see footage in America of these huge fucking queues, and it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's like, like right the, the, the outskirts of like town. three or four miles. Yeah. Is it because they have to put them next to the cricks? <laughs> because of, of reduction in crick funding, so they can't have cricks in the towns anymore. So they have to move. Well, you got to have some place to throw the ballots that you don't want. Exactly. Yeah, this, this uh, is te- Tesla. Tesla are gen- uh, uh, kind of researching some mobile crick technology, but it, they're years off a solution. <laughs> a super I mean, expensive I, I, hyperloop. It will cost. It will cost fifty trillion dollars, <laughs> and it will move one single crick in a circle around the United States. It's powered by ballot paper. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to get that done, vote to. Uh, we'll, we'll put a Kickstarter link in the uh, in the description. Um, so, what do you guys think about? A potential Biden presidency. I mean, obviously, it's not f- even fully done. They've got all the transitional moment uh, stuff. Up, oh yeah, all the all the, they've got all the graphics done. Yeah, they've got uh, they're getting yeah. in like Uber and Lyft, and he's wearing his sunglasses. He's eating his ice cream. He's a cool guy. <laughs> they've got it in you know that that sort of officious font that they put on all think tanks. Yeah, uh, all up behind him all the time. Everyone's everyone hasn't quite celebrated yet, but they've started to celebrate. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, some of the uh, news that's been coming out of this transition, not good. No. Not not to my liking. <laughs> no shit. In fact, incredibly bad. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't really sound like uh, there's much that they can do about literally appointing Mitt Romney as... What was it? What was uh, Romney's? It was either transport, it was something like that, or housing. Oh, something like that and there was a rumor going around that i think got dispelled by cnn that uh he may be taking on dick fucking cheney as a foreign advisor well he might need Which, to guess so he might need to shoot yeah. someone in the woods i mean this is it, it it's it's wild and it's believable but like is this fake news because it seems like so on the nose i mean they are That's very close apparently i mean they're, they're, all, they're all buddies yeah oh. but like uh, There's definitely going to be Republicans in his cabinet. I don't know if yeah. he's actually going to go so far as to actually have Dick Cheney. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, no matter what, it's going to be ghastly. Um, you, you, you've already both mentioned the um, uh, Uber and Lyft connection. Well, uh, um, 
Proposition 22 uh, in California, which um, basically screws over um, Uber and Lyft uh, drivers uh, and doesn't give them the protections of, of being employees uh, of those firms, uh, that was uh, drafted uh, by Uber and Lyft uh, uh, CEOs, uh, some of whom are in Kamala Harris's family. Uh, so it, it's it's looking like this is going to be a very very profitable um, presidency for uh, for, the, for for these people uh, for big tech. Yeah, great. It's just I, it's one of those weird things of like With everybody on the bottom just suffering, especially you know second generation Americans or immigrants uh, who make up this workforce who are who have been consistently screwed over uh since uh, since uber reared its head yeah um and will continue to be well i'm sure four years of that will just make them even more excited to vote for biden again or if he's, he's dead be kamala, alive in four yeah, years is he or kamala harris <laughs> then mm. um and they'll have even less of that vote i mean you couldn't even have it you, he couldn't even last that limited amount of time in such like i say a precarious situation Without even putting out the little noises about how fucking diverse his cabinet is going to be as far as, like, bipartisanship goes, which means just, yeah, appointing right-wingers and, yeah. you know, absolute yeah. fucking ghouls. You know, yeah, he yeah, can't... He's, he's already shut down. Like, you know, they're not going to do anything related to uh, healthcare or Green New Deal or anything, like, remotely progressive. Yeah, that's, so... that's not, you know, he, as he said in the debate in the last episode that we recorded together, uh, it's like, they're not the party. I'm the party. The Democratic Party is Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's about what we I think it's going to be what we expect it to be. Yeah. I saw there was some, a... there was someone saying um, that they were screaming at the telly for him not to give um, Sanders a position and then a load of um, he wouldn't. And yeah. And then just. The people liking the responses, and it's like it was Labour MPs, um, in particular Wedge Streeting. Of course, yeah. <laughs> oh. I just, I just wonder what he goes in like he because he comes out of this very, very contested election, and usually there's some kind of like mandate, you know, like you're you're yeah. either like a, you're, you're 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 although you are elected, there's also like a reason why you're there, and his sole reason seems to be like a vague anti anti. Trumpism. Yeah, that's it's all it is. It's hey, it's I'm not Trump. Also, hey, remember, remember Obama. Literally, yeah. just li literally just a um, shoring up of American institutions that have repeatedly shown themselves to be kind of failures. Like his main cheerleaders have been people in the media, and even then, it sounds it's like a sigh of relief. The number of people I've seen who are actual paid political journalists who go, well, at least people won't have to pay attention to politics for a while. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, who is it it's who literally said... literally your job. Who is it who said, now we don't have to fact-check everything ever again? <laughs> yeah, there was... That I was me. Who it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, by the way, I, I haven't apologised to you guys yet. Uh, I'm sorry that this episode's coming out a little bit late this week. Um, I actually have been at brunch for the past uh, several days. <laughs> I never want to see a croissant again. My blood is eighty percent orange juice. That's brunch, right? I'm trying to think. I was like, all I could is like, what do you eat at brunch? And all I could think is grapefruits. Just eating piles of grapefruits. Grapefruit and egg. <laughs> my my digestive system is destroyed. <laughs> it's America weird because like, safe again. well, I mean, it, it, it's that whole argument, and like, there's not even. 
I haven't seen that groundswell, which you would expect, of that kind of like consumerist corporate identity liberalism. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, not it's not identity politics really anymore because it it doesn't have that liberatory, emancipatory content to it. It's been it's been stripped of that. But that kind of Marvel movies like level of of representation, you know, where you yeah. stand people. Like, it hasn't even got that really because like. What is that? It's I mean, not there was, remotely exciting. There's, there's, you, I would expect some very, very strained performative of that stuff. But even Kamala Harris, who's like first woman VP, first um, African American slash Hindu slash Indian American VP, and you would expect that to have somebody at least to have tried to strain that. Absolutely, I haven't seen anything. No, I saw, th- I saw someone found. Um... I would expect to see more of it being such a milestone, but uh, I'm sorry, Hugh, go ahead. I, um, I saw one video that someone had found of Biden being passionate about something. I think it was apartheid, um, and he was being really, and he was like, getting oh, really shouting. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's a clip from like 30 years ago, and it's like, when yeah, he look, was... he has energy. <laughs> you mean 30 years ago when he was saying uh, it's not fair that my son should have to grow up in a racial jungle? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah. And was it, um, yeah, it was like during the when Kamala Harris was trying to be president, she called him a racist. But now, you know, he's not a racist anymore. Apparently, <laughs> see that hideous clip of her on uh, on Colbert uh, with like the only good journalism um, that Colbert ever did. Yeah, um, w- was him uh, asking Kamala. Uh, you know, you, you went really hard for him, uh, and. Uh, and his uh, uh, previous support of segregation and accusations of racism. How do you square that with being the uh, the vi- his vice president? Um, and she just like burst out laughing, saying, "It's a debate. That's what you do in a debate." Mm-hmm. So it's like these, these they, they don't believe anything. Uh... It's 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 felt a lot more like. <clears throat> so, I don't think I'm going to get cancelled for this. <sighs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> It's still manufacturing consent if it's for Biden. Yeah. Like all yeah. of the media have been um, have been kind of calling the election for Biden and kind of they have been screening Trump and he's really the only side who's been getting like on Twitter they're marking his 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 rantings as um, this uh, this claim about election fraud is not proven. Yeah, I've seen a lot Funny. of that over the last few days, and you know, like they're probably. Guess what? There probably isn't any fraud. This is his go-to thing. Yep. He was always going to do this. But at the same time, every single one of your mainstream particular opinions is has already caught, as Hugh mentioned earlier, in jest, I guess. <laughs> or for real, maybe. I don't know. Um, every single one of your mainstream outlets is literally fact-checking the now opposition and calling the election for Biden, even though it's not actually been officially certified. Like yeah. that is still manufacturing consent, you know. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And just yeah, left left wingers like pay pay and liberals, I guess, pay, pay attention to when they do that. All right, you know, like it's not, it's not, it's not a good thing, right? Um, but yeah, like I don't know. It's uh, I think I don't know this this kind of lack of attention to biden winning this lack of like a glorious new dawn is kind of it's it's very weird it seems like it's i don't know if after the election they're going to start just not focusing on trump or whether he's too good for 
he's too good for ratings and then yeah. he's just going to be a, a a present now seeing as we're going to have this void in the actual presidency yeah it's so much money for these people do yeah. they just do they just go back so easy just go, just go back to him being in all of our brains all the time but he's definitely going to go into like broadcasting mm. you know he he's he can't not you know just be uh, the big, big media boy. Uh, now that uh, now that he's had the taste of the presidency, so um, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be covered in the same capacity, but he's certainly like I imagine he's going to have his own successor to Fox News. Yeah, mm. he's going to go on all like the podcasts. Not... He's going to go on Bloodworth's new podcast about dating, <laughs> the Trumpcast. <laughs> well, I'd like to. I'd, on. I'd like to announce uh, next week we do have a very special guest. <laughs> 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 oh, if I could do a good Trump impression, I would fake it. <laughs> Next week, and we don't talk about the weather. It's it's me, of course. It's me. It is all about me. I'm a Marxist now. <laughs> it's uh, fantastic. <laughs> I heard about this new thing. It's called Maoist Third Worldism. It's really great. It's unbelievable. They tried it in China. Look where they are now. <laughs> Oh, there's um, there's one of the things I noticed this election because like um, I remember this happened in the Trump Hillary election. They talked about they were both promising to release documents in the style of um, um Jesse Ventura, but and like I think Obama was he said he was going to release documents at some point when he was running as well, but this time neither of them said anything about that shit. What kind of documents? Well, like Area 51. That's all I care about. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The real truth. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, because like, um, like, I'm sure that happened in the last, in like the Hillary Trump one. The Trump said Trump, he was going to do it. Trump, Trump definitely said he was going to make uh, government more transparent in one of his weird, one of his weird twists, because he always twists between kind of just being Trump and then promising some really populist thing that you assume he's been asked to say. Yeah. That's like kind of, kind of, like tied in with like drain the swamp, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, just yeah. like a, a a pithy, uh, a pithy phrase you can say that doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah, it just disappointed me that that neither of, like Biden didn't say like, oh yeah, I'll do that because of course he wouldn't. Cause he's I'll not, get the aliens. Not, yeah, because he's not even he's not he's no fun. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like <laughs> it's going to be so boring, but horrible because the thing it's is, be, Trump's like it's going to be very funnier. See all the corn pop record. Oh god. <laughs> Cuz like Trump is like, you know, lazy and like in favor of just giving jobs to all of his family and friends. Whereas Biden is just going to give all this money and power to people who already have lots of money and power and want to do more horrible things of it. Yeah, cor- corporate America's back, baby. Yeah, and it's so sterile and shit. Like not that I wanted Trump to win. I'm not like, oh that fucking take has been making my brain melt all week of like, oh, apparently the Corbyn left really wanted Trump to win. Jesus mm. Christ, come on. Yeah. But, um... I mean, what we get with a Biden presidency is like a more diverse cast of villains. Oh, but I, I genuinely think that, yeah. like... I know Trump had his kind of revolving cast that he would entertain us with all the time, the merry-go-round. Yeah. Of hiring every prominent conservative monster from the last, like, 20 years and then just publicly firing them. John Bolton was a particular favourite of mine. Yeah. Um, Liberal but, hero, I mean, John these, Bolton. I mean, that's what this is going to be. It's going to be 
more staid. It's going to be more, I mean, ironically, actually conservative. Yeah. But it's going to, I think it's going to be like a funnier and it won't be that kind of perched on the edge thing all the time. Because, I mean, the difference between Biden and Trump is essentially one of order versus chaos. Hmm. Like, if you'd hated Trump, you hated him because he was doing the same things, but more chaotically. Yeah, you know, he, was doing it, he was doing it rudely. He wasn't being, um, he yeah. wasn't saying, I see you, I hear you, while doing it. <laughs> Didn't have his pronouns yeah. in his bio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, genu- I genuinely think, like, a lot of pop culture is going to be um, different with, I mean, it's going to be different with COVID anyway, like, your, your consumption patterns are going to change and that, but I genuinely think, like, this, this period is going to be, end up being sealed off in, in a way, like, culturally. Like, I'm talking, like, your, your like, Marvel movies and, and things like that, you know? Like, I think it's going to end up being sealed off because they're going to intentionally put some kind of cap on this. Like, not everything's going to have to be a Trump satire. Yeah. Not everything's going to have to be um, a, a product that you can buy to signal that you're not with Trump. Yeah. And alternatively, uh, it probably will work the other way. I mean... I could see them still carrying on in the same way that here they're still talking about Corbyn. We we had that pre-Trump anyway, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in pop culture, because, you know, pre-Trump is like the um, um, Lady Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and um, That's the, true. Uh, the Star Wars The Force Awakens. And if you don't go and see it and like it, you're a racist. You know, that <laughs> <laughs> that kind Wonder, of like Wonder, Wonder Woman, like. <laughs> the performative media consumption. Um, it, I, I think it's a distinctly. 2010s thing um but i think it, it does predate uh, trumpism and i think we're probably just going to see that continue into um into biden world maybe it'll be more divisive you know maybe it'll be like um we're going to get more things like uh, like watchdogs legion where you can have helen lewis tell you about the rise of fascism naughty ball since she since she was gone like a digital book burning that desperate, that desperate fucking straining for to pretend that you're anti-fascist when you're not even anti-racist. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like you, you haven't even got the fundamentals of an anti-fascism, but you've got that kind of I'd like to fight the Cold War, but only against the communists <laughs> kind of thing. You know, like I, it's I, I genuinely, I mean, I think it'll like, continue. Yeah, all that culture war was there before, but Trump sharpened it in certain ways that made kind of behavior patterns like the kind of. Um, not white trash that's not the right word like florida man yeah like was like that archetype of the kind of person who supported trump which it was really unfortunate you remember that video of the guy who came up in uh philadelphia and screamed like a uh, biden the biden crime family stole oh, yeah. the election oh yeah that's a BBQ, like a bbq beer and freedom guy yeah beer barbecue and freedom guy. we need to get those yeah. shirts yes. we need, to get, we need those. to get that and you could not have <laughs> you could not have put a more perfect example of what liberals think a trump voter looks like oh, yeah 100 was beautiful you said he was a crisis was actor a- I'm saying he was 100 a crisis actor reality I think he was having a crisis cohere. reality yeah. doesn't cohere to your <laughs> conceptions that closely that often <laughs> and i mean like yeah like this culture was gone on before trump and got afterwards so i think there's just some things that are going to be there's something there's some things that are going to be move rapidly out of date if indeed as we think we're going to move into a, a biden presidency you know do you think we're going to see foreign intervention stuff come up more hmm. because i do personally yeah because like 
I don't know. After um, after, after hmm. Rona, like they're there's you know the economy is going to be in a shit show, and you know there's they've got form. <laughs> What was it that? Um, well, you, oh yeah, absolutely. That's it's, this is the perfect time to do some shock doctrine shit. Mm. Um, but what what was it Biden said just this year um, uh, as part of his campaign? Um, Castro, Maduro, Morales, uh, Trump. Um, I'm going to defeat them all. <laughs> Castro's dead. <laughs> He's going to beat up his ghost. No, he means he means Raúl Castro. <laughs> No, genuinely, though, he's president of Cuba. <laughs> yeah, I do know he's president of Cuba, but, you know. It's like... But, yeah, you're right. The way he says Castro and not bother to dis- to distinguish, yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah you are right. Um, yeah, yeah, I could... I, I, I don't think I he think said, like... I'm going to beat them all. I think he said, I, I spend my life fighting dictators. Oh. Um, so, yeah. of course, yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Right, whatever you say, buddy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I've got... Me there's going to be some CIA fuckery. But I'm sorry, Adam, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. It's, it's, it's right. um, I don't know. Like, it depends whether that kind of Obama-era reluctance, and Trump-era, frankly, uh, reluctance to actually put troops on the ground um, continues. I mean... Yeah, but drugs... Was there reluctance in the Obama era? That's when that's drugs, when drugs, America drugs. Sent, sent troops into Afghanistan. Yeah. Yes, they did up the troops in Afghanistan, but they didn't um, put troops on the ground in Libya, for instance. Right. Um, officially. Um... And, you know, there was always the kind of reluctant, reluctance to actually put troops on the ground in Syria and, and all that kind of stuff. And, like, I have been thinking about it the past few days because there's, like, it goes back and forth with me as to whether Trump is a better a imperial administrator for the world simply because he doesn't have the attention span to actually focus on on one thing. And, mm. like, I think there Perhaps is... Perhaps, like, a, an, an incompetent imperialist is, you know, better for the rest of the world. Well, that's, yeah. what, um, that's what Bashar al-Assad said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said like the reason why he's a good le- he's um a good leader for us is because he doesn't lie. He's honest. Like normally Americans, they smile and they get their Nobel prizes and they act like they're the good guy, whereas Trump doesn't do that. <laughs> and you know, I usually go to Assad for my <laughs> advice. Well, we 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 all do. We've got him on speed dial. Yep. But yeah, like he hasn't gone a lot. Like he got bored in Venezuela. Um, he's even, despite the fact that he's kind of basically Trump. I mean, has solidified on. Okay, so it's going to be sanctions on China and sanctions on Iran, which mm. in themselves are kind of really harsh yeah. terms to uh, punish a country's population with. So like, we can't ignore the amount of harm he's actually yeah. he's actually done with that. And also, there's a whole kind of subterranean level of exactly how much executive control is being kind of uh, put upon, yeah, like the CIA, NSA, things like that. You know, what what is actually going on underneath there? Because, I mean, you know, assassinated uh, Qasem Soleimani, yep. the, uh, the, the, red, the top Iranian general. Um, I believe that was this year. It was literally January. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then they kind of fought back and they bombed that um, uh, U.S. barracks in Iraq and, yeah. Oh Jesus! It does feel like a million years ago. It feels like a million years ago, like, but like you know, it's just the kind of thing of those things went along. It's just he had no sticking power. He's kind of he's Bay of Pigsing everything, right? Bay of Pigs is like a load of Cuban exiles get sent by the CIA to invade Cuba and overthrow Castro. They get into trouble when they land, and they ask Kennedy to like bomb bomb the landing strips where they're going to help them out. Kennedy says no. 
And it's like, it's that all the time. It's like, yeah, we're still going to send like small groups of soldiers into Venezuela, mm. but we're not actually going to do anything else, any kind of concerted effort. Yeah. You know? Who knows what was going on with Venezuela? Because those guys just seem like another group of of incompetent con men. Um, I imagine that they probably were greenlit, but I mean, it's like even goofier than the Bay of Pigs. You yeah, know? That, that Venezuela one did seem like a Twitter DM that got an idea into their head. And then we're like, yeah, let's just do, let's go do this. And then it just it just fell apart. I mean that 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 culminated with a man handcuffed uh, taking a piss and it running into his own mouth because <laughs> he was on an incline. That, that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, did you see um, Maduro seeing that um, when he was on TV, seeing that um, Trump had lost and he just sang a little song? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's I find it really hard not to like him when you see like his cheap katana behind him and his empanada drawer. <laughs> I'm just saying, we can smell our own. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, considering life after Trump is going to be significantly different because he infected everything in our brains like a virus all the time, mm-hmm. um, what do you think, like, now the Trump era is ending, what did it What did it all mean? Like, what... what we just feel like we've been spending every day since he came down that crystal staircase... Um, trying to work out exactly what Trump meant and and what his place was in the kind of the crisis of empire that the Americas has been going on, undergoing over the last kind of decade or so. And I just feel like there's so many like things that he's been maybe misestimated, maybe not underestimated, but like misestimated Trump and what he what he represents. You know, I feel like he had a bunch of subtext constantly applied to him that didn't apply obviously because he's the most obvious man in the world yeah there was a lot of trying to scry what he is based on like his actions trying to like interpret him when he's like when he was clearly saying what he was yeah it was it was definitely it was a an exercise conducted by the media around that that kind of time because a lot of difficult things were happening that challenged a lot of traditional interpretations of how how things worked and how events um impacted things right hmm. so you had like the macron do you remember the, the the macron photos in the independent where they were like picking out where his clock was oriented and how the fact they had two iphones or oh whatever, he had like a bunch of pens you know and then like applying that to trump where like Everything is so shallow and sentimental and like literally in front of a screaming patriotic crowd going up and hugging the flag. Yeah. Yeah. Like or that, it. <laughs> Yeah. That fucking um the photo op in June. Do you remember where he in the middle of the Black Lives Matter <laughs> protests? Right after George Floyd got uh got yeah, killed. Where he like tear gassed protesters outside the White House. He tear gassed a church and then yeah. went to stand in front of the church with the Bible. Wasn't that the one where they? Is that that your Bible? It's a Bible. Yeah, he's holding it up. He's holding it up in all these different poses so they can take photographs. Like he's, uh, like he's a QVC pitch man. Yeah, it's fantastic. That was a real like. That was a real RoboCop moment. Yeah. Yes, very much. Yeah. But um, there's something that I've been thinking about since since we last recorded, and um, uh, we were (laughs) briefly talking about like the uh, right wing tendencies of of uh, chaos magic. Yeah. Um, And I've been thinking for a while that like um, QAnon is probably like the de de facto example of effective chaos magic in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe that can actually be. Um, uh, um, 
that can actually be taken as as Trump at large. You know, um, this uh, catty reality TV grandma uh, becoming like the most powerful man in the world with this uh, this army, uh, you know, this army of civilians behind him that treat him as this Christ like figure. Mm. I mean, that that seems like magical thinking and practice to me. It really does. They're literally praying to him. Yeah, yeah. it's there like people who are praying to him, which is like chaos crap. magic for ultimate evil <laughs> that's proper pagan behavior i mean i know like american christianity uh, uh protestant evangelical christianity always has that like pagan edge like it's the worship of power it's the worship of fire destroying snake handlers and shit <laughs> well, yeah, it's, the, I, worship of, it's the worship of natural forces destroying your enemies thunder it's proper fire, moloch like, worship yeah well, yeah they're all yeah. There's, there's, i don't See, you don't see much, for example, you don't see much footage of Anglican priests calling for God to smite their enemies, as you do, like, Call it, American televangelists. Calling, calling for angels from Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and American televangelists have always been like that. It's always yeah. been, like, yes. um, this this mix of, like, uh, of, of God with P.T. Barnum that has this distinctly um, selfish and... Uh, perhaps like a twisted, uh, as you said, like a twisted paganistic bent to it um, that um, it goes hand in hand with like the biggest, most powerful, most moneyed country. Um, but um, with it, like <laughs> with it, like um, with that being directed towards um, this goofy old man as president, it's really um, it's really something uniquely uh, as as terrifying as it is interesting. Mm. I always felt like there was something kind of um, ironized on that side of the culture war. Because, like, usually you think of you think of like the left or liberals as having a more developed uh, sense of irony, you know, like of have of of having that thing of um, you know, metaphorical thinking and, and irony and all that kind of thing. But like those Trump supporters absolutely have to have that, like um, the thing of the two Trumps, two MAGA people um outside in some kind of protest singing and dancing along to um killing in the name by rage against the machine <laughs> wearing one of those blue lives matter black american flags yeah like that I, I actually saw some posts uh arguing that um uh, rage against the machine is um their their leftism is very defanged and ultimately useless because they never interrogated their place in um, the capitalist machine of of uh, of the music industry. Um, I'm not what? as familiar as familiar with their work as to as if to say if that's true or not. But what I will <laughs> say is that all of the neo Nazis at my high school absolutely loved Rage Against the Machine. You know, you you hear "fuck you," I don't do, I I won't do what you tell me, and that can you can apply that to anything. You can you can uh, that that's why we we see um, you know the right wingers who are like, oh my god, Rage have turned political. They should have just stuck to the music. You know, this stuff is ambiguous enough in a lot of cases that you can just like, um, you know, don't bother to do the to do the 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 extra reading that goes with enjoying uh, Rage's lyrics and just cherry pick what you want from it. Right. They do really like yeah. the swears. <laughs> they do really like the swears. <laughs> I mean, that's... I don't know if that's a fair assessment, but that's, you know, th th that was an interesting I'd... argument that I saw that. You know, I, I will always just remember all of the racists who loved Rage at my school. Yes, um, it's it's a hard one because I'm I'm not sure because I'm like because I've listened to Rage for a very long time and it's like I because I know too much about them, so it's like 
it, for me, it's like right. I see a right winger like dancing around to it. It's like for fuck's sake, they went and stayed with Zapatista. It's still laughable, yeah. So you know, it's like what the fuck. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think now, like how I think that because like, a lot of their stuff yeah. like around like the 2000s was like how much they hated Wall Street and big money. Um, and could you take that to be like in favor of Trump? Trump was so weird though because it's like. There were well, so they, many people who supported him. A lot of the Trump him. people believe that he, that Trump was going to like throw Wall Street people in jail. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and, and and that squares up with like the anti Bill Gates, uh, anti vaccine, anti COVID crowd. Yeah, it's the mutated sixties. Like, like I'm not like that familiar with a lot of Rage Against the Machine, but like they definitely keyed into a kind of a lot of the cultural touchstones of sixties radicalism. Hmm. And to be honest, like the MAGA people, if anything, it looks a bit like a mutated version of that it's that turned on its head like because it is it's conspiratorial it's sticking it to the man it's being out late when you're not supposed to it's like there's there's so many little misbehavior things from some of the most privileged people who've ever existed yeah and there's definitely an element of it's it's that spirit but turned towards a, a movement at the very least that absolutely does not represent any of the like particular political goals or ideals of the 60s yeah yeah Yeah, the thing with the 60s radical stuff and the kind of you know fuck you i won't do what you tell me it's like i think it was last week was we were talking about um lawrence fox was it last week or is it before that but um Mm. with um lawrence fox and gavin mcginnis and it was the thing that keeps sticking in my head of the um eugene robinson from oxbow um is it oxbow yeah it is um, yeah. said about Gavin McGuinness that he's not a f- that he didn't think he was a fascist that he was a spoiled rich kid who um, had been told no for the first time and so like went off the deep end and that's kind of what Lawrence Fox is and it's what Trump is and what a lot of his supporters seem to be do you know what I mean that yeah, yeah that, yeah, that yeah. stems from that same attitude in the same way that you know they can comp- constantly make the comparisons between um, Trump and Corbyn and Trumpism and Corbyn and it's like, no, it's it's fuppies. Not the right. It's not right at all. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fuppy. It's fuppies. It was. It's it was the same the... amount of grifting, the same amount of just like ultimately nothing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But God, like they had that. They had further... their own. They had their own kind of um, fuppy grift moment, didn't they? The Democrats with the Lincoln Project. Yeah, it's not actually the Democrats. No, it's that's, Republicans. Uh, that's the Republicans. Those are never Trump Republicans. Oh no, they are. Yes, but the Democrats yeah. gave them like something like sixty million dollars. Sixty-eight million dollars, which they have just taken back to the Republican Party. <laughs> good, good. That's real, it's real fucking freaks. You kind of have to respect the grift. I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, I despise the Democrats. Um, <laughs> so you know, if they're going to be that stupid. You know what? What can you say other than fair play to you, Lincoln Project? You absolute <laughs> scumbags. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like actually. There's been a lot of that. We are definitely in an age of grift, and like, I feel like there was so much grift perpetrated on liberals, not by Trump, but by actually anti-Trump forces. Because like that whole thing of never being able to get a proper uh, grip on what he was. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really hurt them. Like, all the at the beginning, it was like, oh, he's going to be, like, a right populist or, like, a like a conservative for working-class people, right? The other day, there was that um, stupid fucking um, Glenn Greenwald, uh, like, podcast or videocast or something, 
where he's like actually said at this point in 2020 is saying, oh, you know, if only if uh, only Steve Bannon could have put into put his opera his plan into operation of like <laughs> ma- massive massive infrastructure. Um, uh, Steve Bannon's informed. plan, like a biblical call for World War Three. <laughs> He, it's one hundred percent. There was, you know, he's He's like an, a, a student of the apocalypse. That's his whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But see, big infrastructure plans. They're they're completely morally um, neutral. So you know, say like Jeremy Corbyn, he wanted no, he wanted to no, he wanted to have fact. You know, have like um green industry and stuff like that, and like this and like um broadband and that kind of stuff and steve bannon wanted to build concentration camps these are both morally the same and it's just good <laughs> it's socialism it's spent like when you government spend money it's socialism when it spend lots of money it communism like if he wanted to prove that he was actually a conservative for working class people i don't know if only there was some circumstance national circumstance that he could have just <laughs> given out free money to everybody <laughs> And, you know, then won the election. It would have been different, the election, if he'd given that second load of money. Was it like, it, it was like $1,200 stimulus checks just yeah. for everybody. In the that same were way signed that by him. Yeah. Amazing. Deliver each one of those. I don't know, like, it's just like, he's cutting corporate tax. He's surrounding himself with the same fucking budget deficit idiots hmm. that That's every fucking conservatives do. Does. There's no such thing as a conservative for the working class person. It's one of my favourite things to observe with conservatives generally is whenever they start on culture war shit, how long it takes before it's like tax is a culture issue or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it happens every time without fail. And Republicans don't give a shit about that stuff. And yet still you had this, oh, he's the same. They want to spend the same money on the same thing. It's just like, and I mean, that kind of bleeds into like the big question of whether Trump's a fascist or not. Which, like, no. Honestly, no. No, not. absolutely not. He's, he's, he's a not. narcissist. He's, he is a, a loud, uh, he's a loud uh, narcissist. Um, and that can be used, uh, <laughs> that can be used by, by the uh, far-right Republican Party to, um, you know, do things that are on the edge of fascism. But Trump himself, no, he, he's got no concern uh, with ideology. He, it's just like, it's yeah. Trumpism for the sake of building up Trump. It's, it's nothing else. So no, I, I, I do not think he's, he's a fascist. It will be genuinely yeah. terrifying if in 2024, the Republicans do find an actual charismatic fascist to run for them. Like they might, like, they yeah, might. could, could after, you imagine like a all Biden of the presidency? Yeah. Could you imagine like all the support that Trump gets for, for someone as beautiful as Mishima? <laughs> But you know what I mean, like Trump, an, an actual. Trump's going to commit. Trump's going to commit suicide on the top of a naval a naval building. <laughs> Trump's never going to kill himself. <laughs> like if I bet like you there's people hoping if he's he like will. Mishima, we can save him. We can make him one of us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but like what I mean, like seriously though, like an actual fascist that can be bothered to do the job. Will... Somebody who's going to like send in the military to just open fire on protesters. Yeah, like Obama. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is exactly the point. Yeah. If you are going to ascribe a, a proper like definition of, of fascism, there are lo- there are loads. Um, yeah. If you're going to ascribe any of the popular definitions of fascism to Trump, you then have to actually start thinking about yeah, what did uh, what did Obama do at Little Rock? Yeah. Like 
what did he do during Black Listen. Lives actual Black Lives Matter protests? Yeah. yeah, the first time around, the first swell of that. Like, if you have to start calling Trump fascist, you have to start calling you know a lot of other people fascist. And that like, means, yeah, all pretty much all the presidents. Mm-hmm. Just, just the sense of <laughs> which, just I, being... which I would argue is is a. Um... I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say fascist, but like a fairly far right office. No, I'd say yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the. It's just the idea because what was what was exceptional about Trump is that everyone kept telling you it was unprecedented. Yeah, and it, it just ends up absolutely not. It's the it culmination up, of the twentieth century. Ah, uh, it's ignoring you know the Nixon Southern strategy, Reagan's whole deal. Reagan was a fucking had a cult of personality around him and still does mm-hmm. not quite to the extent of people praying to him but i guarantee someone's prayed to reagan at some point yeah oh yeah you know? and it, have they not for, i think i've forgotten the tea party the yeah. tea party has been completely forgotten and I, it's the fucking same people down people to, have been re- rehabilitated and a lot of them are in the media now like it yeah. ain't a thing yeah down down to the cosplay like they're exactly the same <laughs> you know it's he is the obvious unavoidable consequence of all of the lines of thought that have stemmed probably from the Reagan revolution. Like, Reagan really was a pathbreaker for conservatism generally. Maybe Reagan was the big turning point, yeah. Go back to Goldwater, maybe, but, you know, evangelical Christianity fused with very free market um, economics and just cultural war used to wage economic economic warfare against the the working class and working class representation and, and, yeah, against other ruling class shards, you know? Of of course that has always been the case, and it still is. I just the hit, lack of historicity is is mind boggling, you know. Mm. Like I think, like the most accurate, the most accurate thing I can think of. This can't this can't be like a new take or anything. Mm. Trump is, and I I don't know what I would compare him to necessarily. Which one I would compare him to? But Trump was a monarch. Trump was monarchical. Yeah. Right. He's got blithe self-confidence to the point of idiocy. Right. It's it's that natural Aristo. No matter how stupid they are, they believe they're capable of doing everything because they were born to rule. Mm-hmm. He's got shifting allegiance to an endless parade of viziers and advisors. Yeah. Um, complete ideological flexibility, um, like fucking Louis the Eighth, uh, Louis the Seventeenth over here, fucking pledging allegiance to the revolution and then working against it and all that kind of thing. He's he's in everything. That contract with Black America is absolutely the opposite of most of his output outbursts about um, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, and then there's him gathering his freaky family around him, like it's the firm. Yeah. You know, he's clo- far closer to an actual, like, a king. Maybe not even an absolute monarch, but certainly like a king. Mm. America know? has had 250 years of imperialism, but it's with Trump that they gained their emperor. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. He even makes people look like him. That's what they're worshiping. That's that's king. That's king worship. Kings put their faces and on coming queen. out to the debate like with a ill-fitting suit with a bright red with a bright red fat tie. <laughs> people start mimicking him. People start naming things after them. That's what all the pubs are named like the King George and that. You know the King's Arms. Like it's not. You don't have to look that far away for. I go for a drink at the Trump's ass. <laughs> I've been in there. You do. You, they, they never clean their pipes. <laughs> Toilets like Bradley's. <laughs> their fruities are rigged. I mean, like you know, what's Trump actually done? Like, what's his signature? What, like, what, how has he transformed 
America. Well, he I guess he went. Oh, he put kids in cages, but they were already in cages thanks to Obama. Yeah, yeah. He rolled, <laughs> you know, he rolled back a not, bunch it, of. It, the it's week. kind of business as usual. I'm, I'm sorry, Hugh. Yeah, please sorry. go ahead. Um, the, sorry, there was he rolled back a bunch of the weak ass Obama stuff that he'd done, which he, didn't really make a difference anyway. Yeah, exactly. He, ro- he rolled back some of the less popular bits of Obamacare, certainly, yeah. and then didn't replace him with anything. He's still going on. I think during the election campaign, still going on about we've got a phenomenal healthcare plan. Just to <laughs> wait, <laughs> which is just not a thing. I, I guess he pulled America out of the Paris Accord because he believed they were, you know, actually sending money to Paris as opposed to, you know, like a climate change thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he has absolutely had a negative effect. Absolutely. Um, yes. and, you know, they've they've um, they've uh, legalized hunting endangered animals. Um, stuff like that is just absolutely ghoulish. Emperorship. Yeah, <laughs> proper like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt my endangered black bear. Oh, see, the problem is this is why I want to become president. I want to hunt a jackalope. <laughs> For too long, Is the it... liberals have stopped me from eating jackalope. I'm going to get pledged in under a lion's mane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's proper freak shit. I mean, you know, you combine that with how his sons uh, go out on those fake safaris, where like yeah. you know they go to they they just go and 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 shoot uh, animals in a barrel in in Africa. Uh, mm. It's just it's it's bringing that ideal home. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's all very like ghastly, very selfish stuff that just mm. what what he has implemented is primarily something that will benefit him and his kin, um, as opposed to any like real sweeping changes. Yeah, I mean, the biggest, I suppose, the biggest thing has been, so he's managed to appoint three Supreme Court justices, um, and he's appointed about two hundred and twenty judges mm. overall to the federal bench, all, all conservatives. So that kind of that's a long term thing. That yeah, we'll which the Democrats with. could have blocked and chose Absolutely. not to. Um, oh, Space Force, that's more king shit. That's like <laughs> that's voyages to the new world coming mm. back with spices shit. <laughs> Do you reckon someone grifted yeah. him? Said that you need to give us money so we can go bring you moon spices. Yes, <laughs> bring you melange, and then you'll control the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give us like Elon Musk saying, "Give me all the money," because then I'll bring you back the finest Martian silks. <laughs> Folks, I had to. Musk is in his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this has been the era of Trump this four years, and I think it also Biden getting elected. I think is like really stood out to me as the end of something. I think it does. I think Biden getting elected does mark the end. Although, like this is real life, and nothing really ends. It just kind of bleeds and, and turns into the next thing. But I think this might be the end of the period that that started with the financial crash in in 2008 like the resurgence of the of the left this kind of thing like it's way too appropriate to mention that we just passed the 10 year anniversary of the student protests in millbank yeah um and if you look at like the social dynamics of this period of, of where this period had left us like the us and britain have like quite a lot of similarities in in the way that the past 10 years has developed so you have like this this boom in mortgages and boom in university attendance in the 90s, creating a rump of like lower middle class who would go to university and own their own houses. Then you've got a financial crash stemming from housing and pensions, um, governments overwhelmingly choosing landlords and um, house prices and homeowners and pension funds over like young people and the poor and things like that. You have punished 20-somethings everywhere. They've got demolition of social security, precarity of housing. And there's also, among that contingent, a lot of university graduates who don't have 
the jobs they thought they were going into right through their 20s. And they're now kind of in their 30s. Um, and I think that kind of explains a lot of the dynamics of how like people like Corbyn and support for Bernie and, and things like that kind of drew their support from that that strata. And it's kind of coming to the end of that period now because Bernie's too old, Corbyn's gone. There's no equivalent 40-something coming up to replace that. And Biden is just proof of that. You know, it's a 77-year-old man who just cannot summon the kind of support that a Bernie or a Corbyn can. And like, just thinking about where this this kind of period has left us like this stratification around age you know um the dependence on older voters for power in both the u.s and britain means that you end up having this kind of like incredibly nostalgized 20th century and like trump is that trump is distilled 20th century just hanging on refusing to die hanging on to every last little bit of stuff as the world collapses yeah he does look like he has has crt scan lines like built into his face (laughs) he looks better like that to be honest it's it's the original yeah he does look better in the crt but just like hanging on to this like historical moment like an action villain on a train you know (laughs) like he can't quite fall off, but he can't quite ever grasp his way back on. And that's the rest of us. That's the rest of everything. Like, the economy can't grasp its way back onto the 90s. The culture war just rumbles on regardless. And, like, I just think, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have any prescription for that. I, I don't know where this goes now. I just think it is it is the end of that particular thing. And, you know, it's been quite common for left podcasts, especially, to kind of use their online presence on Twitter or whatever to kind of conjure up the finger, figure of the centrist. Like, that's that's quite the largest kind of figure in a lot of the kind of left Twitter mythos or, or whatever. They're the gatekeeper, they're the target, they're the focus of a lot of our, our like, thought and effort. Mm. And a lot of that stuff comes across now, like, a, like at the, in the beginning, like a kind of hurt betrayal. You think that liberals are going to be somewhat on the side of the left, even ignoring every bit of evidence you've ever you've ever come across but you feel like they're roughly on their side or they wanted the same things but now progressivism doesn't mean anything if progressivism leads us to biden then we really do have an emptiness on that kind of liberal left flank where they can't even conjure any kind of enthusiasm for their own candidate so i think this the ending of those kind of hopes of those kind of organized left hopes combined with an absolute vacuum within liberalism does present a certain opportunity for the left to actually reinvent itself outside of electoral politics and try and think of something new. I don't know what it is, but like it's that time now, you know. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. I agree. I would agree. We're going to see the liberals who were cosplaying as progressives go back to sleep, uh, and it's going to be business as usual. In the same way that the um, that I I feel that the Obama years weren't that different from the Bush years. I think that the Biden years are probably aren't going to be that drastically different from the past four years. They're just going to be um, not. They're, they're not going to be as goofy. They're not going to mm. produce as goofy headlines. Yeah, he's not oh, going to oh, well, uh, I'll be yeah, honest. This, I do welcome that element of it because, like, it's been this, exhausting. It's been exhausting. I think that I genuinely think, I mean, we've talked before about how there's kind of this attention economy has certain effects on like your nervous system, like and a lot of 
political kind of communication has learned from advertising in ways that it weaponizes your nervous system to constantly get you angry or depress you or just give you that kind of disgust or those, those very stymieing emotions that prevent you actually doing something. A lot of Shock the, doctrine on the personal scale. Yeah, a lot of the, the centrist, the, the kind of figure of the centrist has loomed large in that. And I think it can only benefit everybody if they go back to sleep. I think not getting distracted by what David Baddiel says about something can only be a positive thing. They won't keep to it. I'm sure they won't keep to that that thing of like, finally, I can talk about my career, not my politics. Yeah. Um, I don't think that necessarily happens. But if it does, if they're not on guard all the time, if they're not constantly so prickly, there is a way of fashioning a message and fashioning some kind of reaction to the things that are happening around us that don't have to go through them that doesn't have to take on well we've got to we've got to beat david Badil in an argument before we can you know get something done <laughs> like that has to happen now <laughs> this this is this is over this 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 hair trigger thing has to be over just please <laughs> one of the things i've yeah. noticed is um it's like it was striking me because of it being 10 years since millbank um and students at the moment are having a real shitty time in the same way that they did in 2010. And seeing the difference in response, and like it's purely anecdotal at the moment because, well, you know, you can't really have that much of an organised student thing at the moment because of lockdown and stuff. But it seems like the last 10 years of the increase in fees has done one of the, what I would think would be one of the goals of turning students into consumers. And most of the complaints I've seen is, not getting bang for their buck, not getting their money's worth, rather than mm. it being focused entirely on the on the government, which mm. I think is a bad thing and does worry me a little. This is why we this is why when we lose those kind of large overarching questions. Yeah. Maybe because we put our faith in people who believe exactly the same things as mm. um the people, the free marketeers who are trying to do that. That's why those defeats end up coming back to bite us along the line. Like the NHS being divided into foundation hospitals it ended up being that the, the nhs became a consumer service in the, in the same way as universities and mm. pushing that back is so much harder you know yeah it's just i found it really heartbreaking like again yeah it's anecdotal because and it's a very small selection because it's just talking to my my daughter and her interactions with people but it's that mm. thing of 100 percent using the language of their enemies to talk about yeah. stuff and it's just like this is depressing me yeah, that's why they've concentrated on university, um, especially humanities courses, for so long because it learns mm. you to. It, it te- it's virtually the only thing left, other than grim uh, life experience, yeah. <laughs> that teaches you to speak like an enemy to this system. Yeah, you know, to this this way of doing things. And I hope that you do get. We do get another resurgence. Like now that this kind of thing, it's not. It's not over. There's still people who have been fashioned by this. And they're still living basically the same precarious lifestyles as they were during their 20s, and it's mm. now reaching into their 30s, and, and nothing's really changed. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, You always hope that there's going to be a, a next thing. I think like we do need to get rid of this idea, though. As much as age matters, I think we do need to get rid of this Whiggish idea that eventually like people will age out of something or age into something. Like. Oh, yeah. I know liberals do it with racism, like, oh, don't worry, racists are all old people, they'll age out. But yeah. also, like, it can be a danger if left yeah, with you know, that they're just going to be saved by the next generation that come yeah. along to, no, get fucked, to get fucked out of things. They need You need organisations for that to go into. You need popular pressure mm. to, to go into that, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, Absolutely. That's us for this week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast. Follow me at BM Bergamo. Follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Uh, Rob, we can follow you at Nervous. Uh, you're also streaming on Twitch uh, at Nervous right. as well. Yeah, yep. follow me on, on Twitter at Nervous, and you can follow me on Twitch at Nervous as well. I'm streaming a couple of nights a week, usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, playing retro games. Um, I got some stuff published uh, by the fine folks at Hardcore Gaming 101. I got a couple of pieces up for Halloween on the two um, horror adventure games, Deathmark and NG, if you want to read those, because nice. I'm too lazy to write for my own blog. Uh, <laughs> but I do... Uh, I do like to write for those guys every so often. <laughs> Had a lot of fun doing it. Um, they're good. You should give them a click. Um, so yeah, go have a go have a peek at some of my. St- I've got I've got some other pieces, bits and pieces up there as well. I've got some some write ups of some old Super Famicom and and uh, Famicom RPGs. Nice. So if you if you go to Hardcore Gaming and search for Robert Fenner, uh, you'll you'll find some bits by me that I'm that I think are pretty good. That's fantastic, Rob. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being on. Cheers. Thanks for having Bye. me. Uh, that's us for this week. Bye. Bye. I love my country, indeed I do, but all that war has made me blue. I like fighting, that's my name, but fighting am the least about the fighting game. When Mr. Hoover said to cut my...